Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It's the Oz Network with a very special review of what most people seem to think is a very bad movie, but we may or may not. We will find that out in approximately 60 seconds, as we are here to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the latest MCU film, uh, the... Final or is this the final one of Phase Four? No, it's the first, the one, first of, one of it's the first one of Phase first Five. One of phase Five. That's right. Phase Four came and went without anything significant happening or hardly anything good. So now we're into Phase Five where things start happening. Uh, we've got Paul Rudd, and we've got Evangeline Lilly, and we've got Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan Majors and Peter Sarsgaard's stretch face. Um, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one. My name is Colin, and I've been on this podcast for six years. I have needs. And my name is Ben, and I have holes. <laughs> I thought you were going to use that, so I had a backup, but um, I, I'm glad you did. I didn't. forgot about that one, but as soon as you said I'm like, oh, this is a good one. I remember that. I swear you were going to uh, go for that. Otherwise, it was going to be, my name is Ben, and I'm not a dick. <laughs> it's never too late to stop being a dick. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> new tagline of the Oz Network. Uh so this movie got terrible reviews. It seems I, I think it's actually just above the Eternals right now, worse than Thor: Love and Thunder, which it's hard to believe there's a movie that got ne- more negative response than Thor: Love and Thunder last year. Uh, and I went into this, I don't know whether I had high expectations. I think that the bad reviews helped me have low expectations. So I actually kind of enjoyed this movie. Now that's not to say I don't see a hundred of serious issues with this movie. Uh, But it was fun. It was ridiculous. The visual effects are God awful, Uh, (laughs) but it was enjoyable enough for me. It was, it was passable. And I think that uh, we're at the point now where passable may just be good enough to pass. Yeah. I like, I generally, whenever I now see any movie, I don't like to see any reviews or any feedback because you know, it's so swayed one way or the other. It's either loved or hated. And generally my opinion never really matches up with that. But when you sort of said on an episode recently about this getting terrible reviews, I'm thinking, Oh no. Okay. What's wrong with this? But I enjoyed it. I mean, it's like, I love Ant-Man. He's my favorite of the MCU, him and Spider-Man. But like, this is just a fun movie. It's, you know, it's a whack job crazy. It's silly. And it's just a, standard check your brain at the door movie. I mean, I didn't rewatch the Ant-Man's going into this. As I always say, I've seen pretty much all the MCU movies once. And do I remember half of them? No, but like, I feel you can just again, go into this and just watch it and have fun. I don't necessarily think the visuals are that awful, but I mean, I do kind of get what you said when 
you know, this entire movie was acted in front of green screen. Were there any real <laughs> locations used in this movie at all? Um, I mean, I just, I don't get what people are complaining about. What do they want? I mean, this is standard MCU fodder, and I would argue this is better than pretty much every MCU movie we've had in the last two years. So it was fun. Yeah, I I think that um, I understand some of the complaints people are having, and I, and I didn't get a chance to rewatch Ant-Man or Ant-Man the Wasp prior to this either. I actually plan to. And that's another reason why I'm kind of glad that I didn't because it is a completely different movie. And that's what a lot of people have issues with is that the first two Ant-Man movies were a little bit grounded in reality. You know, they were fun. This one, it definitely, it's a fun movie, but it definitely strips a lot of like the humor out and uh, the the silliness out. Uh, the silliness you're left with is maybe a little bit, uh, but it, it to me, this is like, a less successful Thor Ragnarok. We are taking the first two movies and we're not saying those those didn't exist, but we are doing something completely different. We've got a completely different world, completely different feel for the movie, a different type of adventure. And maybe because the first two Ant-Man movies were pretty well received and the first two Thors weren't, that's one of the reasons why this doesn't work. Because fans of the first two who maybe really were diehard looking forward to that third Ant-Man movie never really got it. It's also kind of in a weird way like uh, Captain America Civil War. I mean, Civil War is a fantastic movie, but it's not a Captain America movie. I mean, it's an Avengers movie. And this one may have a little bit too many people in it for it to be an Ant-Man movie. I I thought for the first two thirds of this movie, I'm like, is Paul Rudd like a cameo or supporting character in this movie? Like he's barely in it. Well, I mean, why is this movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp? Where's Evangeline Lilly? <laughs> Not only did she get rid of her hair, she got rid of her appearance in the Ant-Man <laughs> franchise. She shows up for like three scenes, doesn't she? I was like, where's Kate? She's gone missing again. She's gone into the jungle. Uh, uh, they should just call it Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Quantumania. I uh, mean, closer to what it is. Like, I, I, it's a good point, like, with the trilogies, because, I mean, has any of the Marvel trilogy stuck the landing? I mean, even Spider-Man, you would argue that the third Spider-Man was kind of a departure from the first two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if there's been a single trilogy in the MCU that has really kind of stuck the land. I mean, you'd argue Iron Man is all similar, even though number two is crap. Um, but they still felt the same. I, I mean, I see that point, but I think I think they're still fun in this. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's as big of a deviation like Thor, as in Ragnarok was so different to the first two, whereas this, yeah, okay, they're in the quantum mania place and everything along those lines, but, I mean, Ant-Man was always still a bit silly in certain points. Like, I mean, the jokes that they would have with it, I mean, they're kind of referenced in this one, like, oh, and then Hulk turned me into a baby and like things like that you just remember that were kind of like a bit silly. Um, and I think kind of, I don't know, like you, you kind of understand the realms of why they sort of did this to a point. But yeah, I, I just, I mean, I, it's just something about Paul Rudd that's just so damn endearing that you can just, you know, you just get into this guy, you know. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd. But like it's, I think it's also obviously not just Paul Rudd, even though, yeah, he's maybe not in it as much as every other person. But I think kind of the, the there's a lot of people to deal with in this film. But, I mean, Jonathan Majors, holy fuck. I mean, oh. he's getting all the praise and rightfully so. He's absolutely incredible. And I'm not just saying this because I think she's hot, but, I mean, Catherine Newton as Cassie was great. Like, I don't usually like these sort of jump forward in time of, hey, they're a little girl and now they're an adult. How convenient. Um, And, like, also I don't kind of like how they just shoehorn in, like, hey, they're a superhero now. Like, yeah, kind of makes sense in a way, a weird way with Ant-Man that this kind of would happen. 
But like, it just feels natural. Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of like that. And I fucking loved Big Head Guy. Like, I know we're not going to spoil oh. it. I, I will say that, like, this, this is, like, is where anybody who was with Ben suddenly checks out. Well, well, well like, well, I want to say, too, that, like, I had maybe the worst experience I've had watching a movie in a long time, which is the worst audience ever. People talking and, like, Australians clapping. Like, we don't clap in movies in this country and people <laughs> clap and fuck you. But the one bit that we all agreed on was giant head Skarsgård guy, whatever his name is. <laughs> so stupid. It was just funny. Oh. Uh... Okay, so um, do you even remember your feelings on Iron Man 3 with uh, Ben Kingsley as the villain, the Mandarin? It didn't bother me in the slightest just because I had no fucking clue about Mandarin in general. So like, I think that yeah, didn't bother me. Yeah, that's where I'll give some of the benefit of the doubt to Ben here. I mean, MODOK, the character that Peter Sarsgaard ends up being, is, I mean, a beloved character, a character that people were really excited about, a very vicious character, and they they kind of get that a little bit at the beginning, although even the the look of before you see his stretched out face, uh, <laughs> it's still like very Spy Kids or you know late '90s visual effects. It is, but it, it, I, I Modok showed up. I I I didn't even realize Modok was supposed to be in this movie until I think the the Super Bowl trailer came out, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know Modok was in that movie. And uh, then I saw this movie, and the first I don't know couple scenes, I'm like, they're actually doing a pretty good job, and then. It's two things. It's one, them just saying, well, Modok is actually Peter Sarsgaard from the first movie. Can we just correct ourselves? Uh, it's actually Casey it's not Stoll. Even, it's, it's not... Yeah. I, I know. Corey it's Stoll. Peter Corey Sarsgaard Stoll. Sorry. Corey Stoll. Yeah. yeah. They really are the same person. <laughs> but uh, Which is funny because Peter Sarsgaard played the the villain in um, Green Lantern, mm. uh, where he also had an inflated head. So, yeah, they, they look the same. They act the same. But, yes, Corey Stoll, not Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. Uh, when they reveal it's him, it's like, all right, so you're putting a spin on this that it's not necessary for. And then the redemption arc is, I mean, I'm so over that with MCU. Like this is one of their biggest issues. They can't have a major villain. And I think the fact that they had a real villain in this movie made them feel okay with doing this. But I mean, Modok is supposed to be like the most vicious villain. This is kind of like Mandarin all over again. I mean, people are not happy about it. And his face just looks, I, I will say, it, it kind of suits this movie. It has a very campy feel to it with like all the visuals. So this this bizarre looking stretched out face <laughs> kind of suits it. But no, I oh, well, that was one of the worst parts of the movie. But I mean, like, okay, I can see that if this is a beloved character and you've done this. And but again, it's similar to what I said with um, the Mandarin guy. I, I had no clue. I had no. Like, I read all the backlash afterwards. I watched a bunch of videos about how fans were so pissed off in Iron Man 3 about this. And, again, I don't read the comics, so I have no clue who these people are. So I just thought it was silly and just funny. And just every time he took the freaking helmet off, it was just so funny. Because, like, it did look like spikies. But I think the thing that was funny was just the fact that I feel it was deliberate the way they, like, stretch his head out to look terrible. It's like when you kind of just, like, get a photo of somebody and just stretch it out to the point where it's just like, ah. Or, like, big, uh, was a DK mode on Goldeneye. Like, I mean, kind of just how they look stupid with the big head. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was just silly. But, like, I think the thing that I just enjoyed about, like, I mean, I know I liked Love and Thunder more than, more than you did, but. I mean, I just, I don't, like, this movie went by incredibly quickly. For once, it's a two-hour movie. It's not two and a half. Like, I've just finished watching all the Oscar movies, and we're, you know, obviously about to start airing them. Why are they all two and a half hours? Like, even just, like, dramas now are two and a half hours. Like, it's not even just big blockbusters. So I was glad this was only two hours. We had, you know, at least one solid post credit scene. 
And I think what they're obviously trying to set up now with Jonathan Majors with Kang is this is the next Thanos, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, did you end up watching Loki, the, the TV series Loki? Yeah. So, like, obviously he appeared in Loki and sort of spoiler alert, there's a Loki connection in one of the credits scenes. But, I mean, I kind of liked that fact that I kind of knew who this guy was. And, I mean, I don't know in the comics, is Kang a big bad? Like, I mean, oh, yeah. like, does, where does Kang compare Huge. to Thanos in the comics? Uh, I mean, Thanos is probably more well-known. Kang, most of what I knew about Kang was from a Fantastic Four. He kind of started as a Fantastic Four villain. And um, what I liked with this movie is they stayed very true to the comics. I mean, he's not a guy with superpowers. He is just extremely intelligent, and he has all this technology and everything. I mean, he's a genius. So we're setting up somebody for them to fight, you know, in these next phases for, uh, I guess, the next Avengers movie that is a little bit more grounded, but Jonathan Majors, wow, like wow. where did this guy come from? And he he yeah. has exploded. This week, he is going to be the villain in Creed 3. So he has these two movies back to back, and it is ridiculous that you could have a movie with a negative reception like Quantumania, and everybody comes out of it, not just praising him, but praising him to such levels where they're saying he might be the greatest villain in MCU history. Yeah. And I kind of, I didn't really hear that. I, I just sort of heard, oh, it's bad reviews, but Jonathan Majors is good. And I watched this movie and that was like the first thing I said up to my nephew when this movie finished. I'm like, I think that Jonathan Majors may be the best villain I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. Like he is so good and he is so far above everybody else in this movie. I'm going to be honest, I still enjoyed this movie. But it would be like, I understand this being a bin if he wasn't in it. Him being in this movie automatically elevates this. I won't be binning this simply because he is that good. Yeah, and he's just, um, screen presence is commanding, right? Like, I think Mm -hmm. that that's just what, you know, draws you to him. And, I mean, this guy's going to be a star. Like, I mean, I thought he was in other things, but he's not. And, I mean... Barely anything. Is this kind of like a Jim Carrey style thing, like a 94 Jim Carrey? If he's got this, yeah. then he's got Creed. Uh, does he have anything else coming out this year? Like, obviously, I mean, this movie's still making money. I think it created a record for the biggest ever drop after the opening weekend for an MCU movie, but it's still, you know, making money. So it's still going to be a, you know, a box office success, no doubt. And then Creed, obviously, has got the name attached to it. So, yeah, I mean, God, this guy is just incredible and just captivating. And I think it's like, it's that weird aspect of, you know, he is above everybody else in the film, but I don't think anybody else has a bad performance. Bill Murray, maybe. I mean, Jesus, well, that was a waste of Bill Murray. He really is getting cancelled if that's all he's getting in a movie like this. I mean, Bill Murray should be King the Conqueror, shouldn't he? Like, I mean, it's freaking Bill Murray. Um, but, I mean, even like Michelle Pfeiffer, and Mike, you talk about being like Michael Douglas as well. He's hardly in this film. And then he shows up at the end with ants. Him and Evangeline Lily were off having an affair somewhere. I don't know. Like, I know he likes younger women. But um, she wasn't wearing a mask, this film, Evangeline. So, but yeah, I mean, God, Jonathan Majors, yeah, incredible. So I hope, yeah, they're, they're setting this up to sort of be the Thanos and have him in other movies. And I don't know if they're doing a Loki season two. And they yeah, are, yeah. They are. They so, are. I mean, this is this is what's interesting. I mean, I, I think it's it's suddenly become obvious to people that, like, nobody survived the pandemic and everything, uh, like, financially, because for the longest time everybody who's judging all these other movie studios and judging Warner brothers. Cause they're canceling, you know, Batgirl and everything, which I mean, ultimately we, we kind of defend those on Patreon saying a lot of this has to do with the pandemic. Like nobody really made money. And we even said with the exception of Disney, but now all of a sudden Disney is okay. We are coming right out and saying, listen, 
we made some mistakes. We pushed too hard over the last couple of years. And now we need to pull back a little bit. So they've essentially said, we're not going to be doing a bunch of new Star Wars and Marvel shows every year. We are going to go ahead with Secret Invasion and Loki season two, which are already filmed, but they've essentially canceled everything else or postponed everything else they had uh, in, in the works for uh, at least the Disney plus TV series. So now Loki season two, simply because it was already filmed, is probably going to be one of only two TV shows we're going to get within the next year or two. Speaking of Batgirl, props to Brendan Fraser, SAG Award yeah. <laughs> winner Brendan Fraser this week. Congratulations, uh, Brendan, for for getting up there. And uh, I was getting a bit worried. He hadn't won an award in a while. He was sort of falling off, but he got a SAG, so that's all that matters, right? Um, yeah, look, I so, I mean, are they basically not doing, like, season two of, like, Hawkeye and, like, all the, sort of all those shows? Are they kind of all on I the mean, back burner? they've... They've said we are putting these on hold right now or, or whatever. I mean, maybe in a year they're going to revisit it. I think the main thing is that they're saying we're not going to have five TV series coming out within a year. We're going to figure out how we're going to restructure this. Um, I know there, there was the one show, Echo, that was a spinoff of Hawkeye, which has essentially now been, they've more or less not confirmed, but said, yeah, this one's probably not happening anymore. The Ironheart TV shows indefinitely postponed. The I think the other one that that has essentially been canceled now was the uh, Agatha Harkness TV series. They're Aww. not even going to go ahead with that, from what I know. Um, but That's sad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that maybe we'll get a Hawkeye two or uh, something like that in another year. But everything's kind of been on hold for now, which is smart because I mean you need to focus on the movies. And uh, I, I've talked to several people about this where I'm like, you know, the Marvel movies just kind of sucked in the last couple of years. Some of the TV series have been really good, though. And yeah. that's part of the problem is that you put all your focus on that. And when you're dealing with a streaming service, and this is I, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, this is the, the argument he made. He said, yeah, great. We got 90 million subscribers in our first month or whatever. We way surpassed our expectations. Now we've been sinking all this money into all these TV series, and we're not driving new subscriptions. You know, you, you, you can't just release three Star Wars TV series a year, five Marvel TV series a year, spend tens and millions of dollars on all these and not have new people sign up, you know, and, and get money. I mean, so basically they want to, I guess, focus a little bit more on the movies now that movies are making money again mm. and a little bit less on the TV series that just cost them money because you're not getting new people signing up. Because it's just interesting. This is obviously the beginning of phase five, but they've obviously, you know, Marvel being Marvel, they've mapped it out. So, I mean, this is what the multiverse saga so obviously this begins phase five, but then we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and the Marvels come this year, followed by I didn't realize we're getting a new Captain America movie next year, but there we go. Uh, followed by Thunderbolts. Don't know what that is. Blade is that the Blade that I'm thinking it is? Wesley yeah. Snipes. Okay, cool. He's back. It's not um, going to be Wesley though. But <laughs> uh, he's just still in jail, is he? And then phase six, we've got Deadpool Three, Fantastic Four, and we'll conclude with Avengers: The Kang Dynasty and Avengers: Secret Wars. Um, Although we we should add in there, Spider Man Four has now officially been greenlit, so we're yeah. going to get that in one of these phases. And also, the, uh, I was, was going to say with Captain America, that is not not Chris Evans. That's going to no, be the um, Falcon. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had, I think I did see Thunderbolts it. will be uh, the Winter Soldier among uh, and Lightning. Uh, very very frightening. Me Galileo Galileo <laughs> and and Florence Pugh's nipple will also be Ooh. in that film. What? <laughs> Can you bring that up? Where was it going there? Oh uh, yeah, and it's got like the TV series here as well, which I didn't realize there was a special, which I've not seen. Werewolf by Night. So that's something I've got to 
catch up oh, on. Oh, that was the one that Michael Giacchino directed. Oh, really? He's a okay. director now. Okay. Uh, have you watched the holiday special yet, the Guardians one? No, um, that, that one and Werewolf by Night I need to get around to. But yeah, oh, I'm, it's, uh, it's I, I mean, like, going on what you were saying about sort of just the last couple of years, and I think, you know, again, people who listen to this show know that we're not massive on the MCU all the time as much as everybody else. But, I mean, yeah, you look at this compared to what we've had of Phase 4, I mean, it's better than everything to me except Spider-Man and maybe Wakanda Forever. I mean, it trumps everything else to me. That's just my opinion. But uh, I'll have to look at the Phase 5. I know you like Doctor Strange, but I, I didn't really well, like this. Well, this is... You know. See, to me, this is very similar to Doctor Strange. Like, people kind of mm. went in with expectations and they're like, oh, it was a little bit too much of this, a little bit too much of this. You made the wrong choices with this. And I'm I'm still torn. I, I think I have to rewatch both these movies to decide which one I like more. Um, I think that Doctor Strange probably has less issues with it uh, than Quantum Mania, but I think the entertainment of Quantum Mania is is decent enough. One thing which I I've really aside from being over, let's redeem every single villain. I'm kind of over these superhero team up movies. Like mm. this is I'll agree with you that. Catherine Newton was way better than I expected her to be. I mean, the only thing I was familiar with her from was um, that movie Freaky with uh, Vince Vaughn, the body swap movie uh, with Vince Vaughn. It was like a horror film where he became her and she became him as a serial killer, uh, which was a good movie, but like she was so forgettable in that movie. She's and Lady Bird, apparently. Oh, and well, three billboards. Remember everything. Oh, oh three billboards. There she was go. in both of them. Um, Two Academy Award nominees. There you go. We obviously remember her from those. And she was in but, uh, Detective Pikachu. Actually, I remember her in Detective Pikachu. Okay, there you go. But like, I I, I kind of went into this movie expecting, okay, they've aged a character. Now we got to have a teenage version of somebody. Do we need her in this movie? And she was fine. I mean, she was you know decent, pulled off everything. But giving her the superpowers is the one thing that I I wish they hadn't done because you diminish Ant Man in this movie when you have too many people all with powers and all with suits and everything. And this is uh, I'm I'm struggling to think about movies that just allowed themselves to be this is a solo film and you didn't have anybody teaming up um i mean i guess multiverse of madness you mostly had bendit cumberbatch working on his own but you still had three or four other characters yeah. in that movie with powers thor you had too many characters with powers uh, wonder woman 1984 might be the last time we just had Black a Panther? standalone movie uh, no, because I would even say Black Panther. I mean, you, 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 can you call the Submariner a villain or was he another person with powers? Yeah. Um, I, Ironheart, because, yeah, you had Ironheart in that one. Like, I just want superhero movies. I want the superheroes to stand out in their own movies. And I think where it bothers me even more is that Marvel has so many opportunities to do these team-ups with Avengers movies and all the different crossovers. Fine, if you want to do a crossover every once in a while, okay, but... Does every movie need to have these big crossovers? Uh, yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, I get it. They're connected universes. But you've always got to have these appearances of, you know, this character and that. And again, we say the DCEU movies are connected, but, you know, you don't always have to have this person show up. Um, but it's also the plot of this film. Is this not the same plot as Thor Love and Thunder? Basically someone who wants to go around to different, like, universes and destroy worlds? Like, I mean, is this not the same plot? I, mean, I barely remember the plot of Lord Thor. Like the, Christian Bale wanted to destroy gods in different worlds. So now um, Jonathan Majors wants to do the same, but destroy. Yeah. Like I mean, everything, this, but this is like, 
uh, I, I mean, again, what can you come up with an original idea in a superhero movie? I guess you know they're, mm. they're all the same essentially, but it's just I don't know. Like it's it's just the stakes in this movie. I don't feel are really that high because I mean. It's a spoiler, but it's not a spoiler. It's like Michelle Pfeiffer has been keeping a secret this whole fucking time. She's been out of this world for how long? So she goes back in. Now she's got like, what if she just didn't go back? Like, I mean, yeah, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Like the stakes of this movie, that was one thing I was kind of just thinking like, well, so what? Just keep it in the quantum realm. What do you do? That's not going to like destroy yeah. the world. Yeah. Uh, I also have a bit of an issue with that. I mean, it worked for this movie, but when we had the whole rescue of Michelle Pfeiffer and, there was some drama to the fact that this woman had been stuck in some tiny mini universe for who knows how long there was that loneliness and everything. And then you get here and you're like, well, oh, they got people everywhere. They even have humans everywhere. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it really changed your perception of like, so what was the big deal? Why did she need to be rescued? What was she so desperate to come back to the real world for? Yeah, exactly. She had sex there. <laughs> I know. Like, that's like a real passing comment. Like, oh, by the way, God, yeah. like, even Michael Douglas, yeah, I, I slept with him. Okay. Like, that's that's great. That's like the one of Angeline's Lily scene, which is kind of good. Which, uh, why is she so shy? Like, I'm actually like, I mean, I I remember Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I feel it was barely any Wasp for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, is she yeah. the most shafted of, like, the main characters in the Marvel? Because, I mean, you know, eventually Black Widow gets her own movie. Um, What's-her-face, Scarlet oh, Witch kind of gets, you know, big connections and gets her own TV series. Like, I mean, why are they wasting the Wasp? Like, I mean, I feel bad for Evangeline Lilly. You know, I was going to say Hawkeye. Um, but you know, I mean, TV it show. a long time. But it, how long did it take them to get there to the TV show? But then I was thinking about the fact that in Hawkeye, you have the same thing with this movie where the superhero has to share the screen and share everything with the new Hawkeye and everything. Yeah, but so, you still, it's still but, like, but, uh, yeah, I get well, it. Well, but... I, I agree with you because, because in Hawkeye, he still took center stage. He mattered. Yeah. And so did yeah. uh, the other Hawkeye, the girl Hawkeye. They both mattered. And yeah, in this movie, like, do you care? Is it something like with Amber Heard where Disney's like, oh, she's too controversial. We don't want to cut her but, from the movie, but we're going to cut her down. Maybe, but she's still on the promo run. Like, she's, I, I think I've seen more stuff around her promoting this film than freaking Paul Rudd. Um, like, yeah. she's heavily out there. And, like... I don't know, like, it's just, it's it's odd because, I mean, she kind of has the moment, the redeeming moment at the end, right? But then, like, I saw a good review about this film about the sacrifice so-called that happens at the end is just forgotten about in two seconds. And I was like, oh, so they can just go home. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you, I, we don't want to spoil the ending here, but did you get the feel that this was maybe a little bit of a Joss Whedon Justice League where... You can see where they probably had a different ending, and then suddenly reshoots. You know, yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe the entire and like I'm like, oh, I see where they're going with this. I like this, and then all of a sudden it's just out of nowhere. It's like, all right, let's cut right there, and now let's add. In the, don't even worry about bridging the gap. Let's yeah. just throw our new footage in there to explain our new ending, and it does strip a lot from it. I I, I just want to quickly comment on the Evangeline Lily controversy here. I mean, I actually am glad that Disney didn't just cut her completely because. We have to at least get to the point where it's like you can disagree with somebody. She wasn't endangering anybody. And she did, she has come out and said, I'm not even saying I was unvaccinated. We know that she must have she, been vaccinated. If you read her been... full comments, like it's, yeah. it's the people have clipped what she has said. She actually came out and I watched a thing or read a thing about her where she's like, well, look, people are not fully listening to what I'm saying here. You know, yeah. and I think that, like, yeah, we've made jokes about her, you know, whatever. But like, it's, I, I, you know, I don't 
agree with somebody saying they don't want to be vaccinated, wear a mask, like, you know, like that. But, like, I'm also not one of these people like, oh, you're not there. Like, fuck you. I'm not going to cancel you from life. Like, for God's sake, as you say, people can have a differing opinion. Yeah. And people are entitled to not, like, have to do something in a certain level. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like they're saying, like, oh, they're pro-rape. And, like, it's, I mean, it's, it's if you don't want to get a vaccination but you're safe still. Like, I mean, people still, uh, I know people who have not or, been vaccinated and never got COVID. I've been vaccinated three times. Yeah. I got, how many times have you had COVID this week alone? Colin, you've been vaccinated <laughs> exactly. four times. Like it, 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 it depends on the, oh, I'm not getting into this. The point is I don't think Evangeline Lilly, and I'm not just saying this because I like Evangeline Lilly. I, I mean, you know, I like Kevin Spacey, but I don't agree with if he did the things that he did. But the point is like, why has she been canceled? She really isn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact is, she is, if she's on this set, she was vaccinated. She was wearing masks. She just simply had opinions about forcing things on people. If, exactly. if there's others who, Which is funny because Woody Harrelson has come out this past week and said pretty much the exact same things. And he actually brought an interesting perspective that I didn't think about. Where he's like, what? at what point are we going to stop with the whole, you must be vaccinated, you have to be wearing masks when we're three years in? Because he brought up the example of, I'm on the set of a movie and I'm not wearing a mask because I'm filming a scene, but all the crew are wearing masks. And then I put a mask on afterwards. I'm like, who is this helping? You know, like yeah. there are some different points that you can listen to people and not just immediately rush to judge them. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, she got vaccinated and she lost her hair. I mean, this is one of those side effects. This is going to be the next controversy. I mean, look, grow your hair back, Evangeline, please. <laughs> um, but just speaking quickly uh, as a bit of a teaser to what we're having in the coming days, obviously, with our Oscar films. Tell me you watched the uh, Triangle of Sadness by now. I did. Oh, you got to see. You oh. got to see what I just put the, the a post I just put up on Instagram. Okay. Um, you should look it up right now. In fact, I, I recreated a, a scene from that uh, movie. <laughs> what a movie. Uh, you shat then, everywhere on a boat. <laughs> oh, oh, you should see. You should see. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. Woody Harrell said we're going to be talking about him a couple times this month, uh, well, the upcoming month. I mean, we're in March now, aren't we? Are you going to yes, go see are. Champions, no. are you? I'm definitely going to go see Champions. I, I, I prefer filmed. the Emilio Westerbez version, but... Um... <laughs> well, well, we'll see. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's much else to talk about. I, I do want to quickly talk about the visual effects. Like, that's another thing that's turned people off of this movie is that it is like 95% CGI. And I saw some great comparisons with this and Spy Kids. It's like, this is what every Marvel, every Marvel movie looks like now. <laughs> it does hurt this movie a little bit. Yeah, you saw <laughs> my recreation of it. <laughs> Good job. With little people. I recreated uh, people throwing up on a boat. But uh, yeah, th this this movie, it, it does go too far with the visual effects. And I wonder if maybe you would split it a little bit with more in the real world if it uh, wouldn't be like that. If you had some more, uh, use some real environments, you, you could still be in the quantum realm and have something that looks like the real world. Uh, but the other problem with this is the movie's so dark and dreary. What? You, you kind of go into a movie like this expecting you want to see lights, lots of bright colors and everything. And it, it is, but like, it looks drab. And that's another area where I can kind of see people being turned off by this. Cause we didn't necessarily get some fantastic looking quantum realm. We got something that looks okay for about 10 minutes. I mean, avatar managed to at least maintain a nice looking environment for three days that that movie goes on for <laughs> uh, this. It's like, by the time you're about 20 minutes into the quantum realm, you're like, I'm just sick looking at it. 
I mean, yeah, I see your point, but I think that's kind of the appeal because it's a quantum realm. Like, I mean, this is just like a made-up imaginary sort of, you know, beast. It's, it reminded me, it's two things it reminded me of. The video game called No Man's Sky, which, you know, it's essentially you, you travel through space and it's got some algorithm in it where literally you could play it for four hours and go to eight different planets and I could play for four hours, go to eight different planets and now planets will be completely different. Like they're just kind of randomly created and there's like millions of, you know, and they're all amazing universes. But also reminded me of, was it um Godzilla versus Kong when they go into like the center of the earth and there's oh, all like yeah. the weird sort of Hollow stuff? Hollow earth. Like it just, what do you mean that that looked a little bit brighter? Like yeah, it's, it's but, so dark here. I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't disagree. I think it's dark, but like I think it, it's so many aspects of this reminded me of Attack of the Clones. Um, and I think that's why I just got kind of like, I randomly enjoyed it because like, there's a bit there where Jonathan Majors like has the army and it just reminded me of my thoughts of a galactic empire. Like, you know, dun, 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 dun. um, but like, I mean, it's just, if so many people criticize the crap out of the prequels because all oh, they're just acting in front of a green screen. I would love to see the making of this film because again, did they have any, besides walking down the street in San Francisco for the opening and closing scene? Like, literally yeah. everything in this has to be in front of a green screen, which, I mean, again, well, you and I have talked about how that has its own challenges, but, I mean, the difference is here, they're not really acting off CGI people, are they? Like, it's, they're, you know, acting off real There's people. A lot of, but are there really? I mean, yeah, there are mm. some real people in this movie, but I would argue Paul that Rudd? the majority. Paul Rudd's real. Um, Michael Douglas, probably not. Uh, <laughs> Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer, I mean, of... unless she's looking amazing. They've done some de-aging stuff on her, but she's looking great. Hey, I, I was actually thinking like, you know, she's finally embracing. She's not even bothering to dye her hair anymore. She's finally embracing being an older woman. But then I'm like, but like, how old is she? Like, she probably still looks 20 years younger than she really is. Well, I mean, even when she, uh, what did I say last year in The First Lady? And she was, you know, she looked good. She's 64. She's actually wow. not as old as you think she is, but um, still look good. Oh, she, and then she looks terrible for her age. No, she uh, is the same age as Madonna. Who's looking? <laughs> what, one of them, one of them has aged a lot better than the other. Uh, <laughs> well, somebody just hasn't had as much surgery that has swollen their face up to look weird at the moment. She will be better she's, soon. Outside of Jonathan Majors, I'm going to say she's kind of the star of this movie, not just for screen time and story, because it is more her story than it is Ant Man's. But even just for what we get of her in this movie, like I, I do kind of have issues that it it did away with the whole point of her character, like in the last movie and everything, but. But yet she really, you wouldn't expect Michelle Pfeiffer at this stage in her career to be given essentially the lead in a Marvel movie and somehow find a way to pull it off. And she was obviously Catwoman, obviously. So she's yeah. had leads. I hadn't even made that connection. Yeah. Back to superhero films. Yeah. Was Michael Douglas in a, he wasn't in a Batman movie. No, he wasn't. No, I'm thinking of someone else. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Um, I used to, I, I mean, I, Maybe I'm thinking of Val Kilmer. I apparently used to get Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas confused when I was younger because they look... Is, my, is Val Kilmer still good? Like, is he okay? Like, is he... How's his throat? He's alive. Um, yeah. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked at it recently. I haven't but, talked uh, to him recently. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody has. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's much else to talk about in this movie. Uh, we don't have much spoilers to talk about. I think that's the other thing is that this movie, like Multiverse of Madness people went into it with his expectation. It was going to be like this game changer and there'd be all these big twists and everything. And then, Oh, shocker. This is where we're going. And in the end, it's, it's just a superhero movie. And I think that's kind of the difference is that I don't want every one of these movies to be this big game changer. I want just like a nice standalone film. Yeah. And despite the fact, this is really the first thing we've had that's setting up future Marvel movies. To me, this felt like a standalone movie and much like multiverse of madness, 
people's expectations, I think, were so high that they just didn't know what they were getting in for. And I got what I wanted. I wanted just an Ant-Man movie that was a fun Ant-Man movie, and that's what this is. That's, I mean, I don't know. Do they get that, you know, high expectations? Because, I mean, to me, Ant-Man's never been, like, the big favorite of the Marvel Universe. It's kind of just, like, that one that's there and people, you know, okay, cool, Ant-Man. You know what I mean? Like, he's just always the the middle ground. the expectations of we're going to be exploring this other universe. We're going to be yeah. tying into the whole multiverse thing, which in the end you do start to see where they've been going with the last, I don't know, 17 projects in phase four, but not to the extent where like, you know, Oh, this is explaining everything that we need to know. Can I just put it out there to Marvel? I'm, I know they're big listeners to this show and just to <laughs> Hollywood and, and just advertising. In general. I've never studied an advertising course in my life. I have made trailers for three people to watch and I just generally take inspiration from other ones, which is my way of saying I generally copy them. But why do we just have this trend of every ad or trailer now getting some classic song from the 70s or 80s, doing some warped modern Mm. version of it to draw you into it, and then it's got no relevance? Like, the trailer for this was cool when they had the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road from Elton John. Not in the movie, not even related to it. And now the Guardian, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, I can maybe understand because that has obviously got a big connection to like 80s music, 70s music with the sort of the mixtapes. But like, Hmm. what is with this? Like, just like, oh, draw you in. Like, I I love the music in the trailer, but where is it? Like, I wanted this kind of freaked out cool version of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It was awesome. And it would have fit this film amazingly. But then it's just like, cool, it's gone. Thanks. Like, just stop it with your, like... I mean, are we going to get to a point where you and I are like, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer age and they're going to be wax nostalgic for like fucking the crazy frog or something like that. Like, you know, in, in these trailers, it's going to be like, and it's just going to be like, oh, nostalgia. It's a guy through space. Like, I mean, you know, limp. The hamster song. The hamster song, snippy snappy crocodile and fucking I'm a gummy bear. Like, I mean, like. It wasn't a good trend in the mid-2000s. We had little cute little creatures singing bibbidi bidi bidi bibbidi songs. But it's like, I don't want to see my trailers in like 30 years' time with like epic like space. And we're sort of got like, I'm a gummy bear. Do, 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 do. Boom, 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 boom. I'm a gummy bear. Boom, 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 boom. Like dramatic, like Paul Rudd. He still looks like he's 20. Like, it's just, come on. At least with Top yeah, Gun it's, Maverick. It's a- can't stop talking about that all week, apparently. At least they get Lady Gaga to sing an 80s song, which is new, all right? Yeah, it's a new 80s song, yeah. No, I'm I'm over the trend of everybody just putting classic music in it. We have music. an ad for McDonald's here where it's literally all it is is people driving around listening to Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Like, I love Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Made my top 100 songs of all time. Epic banger. But, like... What's that got to do with McDonald's? I'm not sitting around and going like, oh, God, I'm so sick of these McDonald's ads selling me their food. Wait, Bon Jovi? I want a cheeseburger. You go and you bite into a cheeseburger, you're like, I'm not hearing it. Where's the music? <laughs> oh, we're halfway. Where is it? False advertising. <laughs> uh, I I can't go as far as to say I'm going to buy this movie. But like I said, Jonathan Majors is good enough that this is not a bin. And I think even without him, it's still enjoyable enough. It is a very flawed movie. It is a messed up movie. It is a sloppy movie, but it's fun. And that's kind of just what I want at this point uh, from MCU. So, I mean, I'm going to go with it. It's a decent enough rent. Well, similar to what happened I'm seeing here, obviously we didn't do Ant-Man back in the day, but uh, we did Ant-Man and the Wasp and you rented it and I bought it. I'm going to buy it. I think like it's just... (laughs) It's, I could put this on on a Saturday night 
and just watch it and have fun. Like I just, and that's where I always, I look at it for most part. And again, if I'm looking at the last, however many MCU films in this phase four into phase five, you know, the only two that would come close to me enjoy, I mean, Spider-Man's obviously on a different pedestal, but this is similar to Black Panther Wakanda forever for me that it's, it's enjoyable, but this is, this is more fun than Black Panther Wakanda forever. Black Panther Wakanda forever is a bit sad in lots of parts and it's longer Whereas this, you could just put on and check around. I, I would compare this maybe to Black Adam. First time around, I enjoyed Black Adam. We obviously just did that recently, and I was kind of, uh, it's dropped down a little bit. I'd rent Black Adam. But I'd say this is a better film than Black Adam because I think it's just maybe a bit more enjoyable and a bit more coherent. And it's, you know, there's hardly any slow motion in this film. So, um, and that's rare for I, me that I would say, like, oh, a Marvel movie better than a DC movie. I, actually, I'm actually, sorry, before you add that, one thing I saw in a review and I agree with it they compared the ending of this movie to Aquaman and it was all over the place. I'm like, yeah, decent comparison. I mean, we also compared the ending of Wakanda forever to Aquaman. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> that's apparently the, the, the new benchmark. Okay. We got to, we got to top Aquaman. Everybody, everybody just line up and uh, pick the pieces of Aquaman to try to make a decent. Yeah. Movie. Amber Heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the one thing I was curious about was whether or not I would prefer this over Ant-Man and the Wasp. Cause this is, I think a much more entertaining movie. It's a much more memorable movie. To me, the biggest problem with Ant-Man and the Wasp was like, it, it finished and you instantly forgot. I movie. can't was, remember it. I cannot exactly. remember it. And, and, and it was like a day later and I'm like, that. what was the plot of that movie? What was the point of that I movie? I remember liking it, but I just, I don't it remember was, it. Baby Ant-Man, I think. And that was... Ant's it, playing drums in his guitar band. Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, we're missing Bobby Cannavale. Come on, if Bobby Cannavale was in this, you'd be buying it, wouldn't you? Buy anything with Bobby Cannavale. Buy him in a McDonald's commercial with bon- singing. I want to see Bobby Cannavale driving around singing "Living on a Prairie" and a cheeseburger. <laughs> Whoa, we're halfway there. I'm That's Bobby, Bobby Cannavale. I'm Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> uh, other things we got the Oscar reviews are starting up uh, tomorrow today. Ah, uh, look, Close. I'm releasing this basically at midnight, so basically in a few hours you'll get the uh, the first uh, Oscars. Dropping, yeah. which we're getting Avatar over and done with, and then we're getting into the going because like I've watched them all now, and I think you've watched them all now, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to talking about a couple ones that I hadn't when we last recorded. Cause we'll record a couple more tomorrow, but yeah, Tar, the Triangle of Sadness, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, like so many, like it's just an interesting year. It really yeah, is. Yeah, there's a lot of variety, and they're um, such basic films. Some of them are just so simple. And also, can I just want to point this out? I'm saying this now because I'll probably forget when we get to it, but I'm just saying this right now. If you like The Triangle of Sadness, go back and rewatch Swept Away. It's the same fucking movie. No, it is not the same movie. <laughs> it is the I same movie. I see where movie. you're going with that, but there are things that make it very much not the same. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for some of these movies. Uh, we're going to be doing one of those every single day. And um, Creed 3 comes out this week. Champions with Woody Harrelson comes out after that. Cocaine Bear, Shazam. which you said you saw. I saw that, yeah. Shazam comes out this month. 64? Um, that looks pretty entertaining. 65. 65, is it? Sorry. Yeah. They already released then, the sequel. Was that good, was it? <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the uh, the big one, the important one, John Wick Chapter 4. There's so many movies coming out this month. I don't even know if we'll have time to do reviews for all of them, but we'll have some. I mean, you're busy. I, I've only committed to Shazam. That's the only one I'm <laughs> looking for. But, I mean, look, Cocaine Bear, it looks interesting. I think that... It lives yeah. up to the title. Sixty. There's cocaine in the bed. Good. Um, just like there were women talking. Um, 
I mean, 65 just looks batshit crazy, but also amazing. Um, and look, I actually, maybe depending on the availability of Casey, the one in the background, um, Formula One Drive to Survive Season 5 just dropped on Netflix and we may do a review of that. I know you're right up your alley. I know you're uh, dying to to watch season five of uh, Drive to Survive. But um, yeah, maybe something out there. But 24 is happening. And have you chosen a fourth movie for Australia versus Canada month yet for April? I'm 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 leaning towards doing the sweet hereafter because it is. Just choose it. I'm putting it down because I need to make a graphic. Write it down. The sweet hereafter. <laughs> uh, which uh, that, that's when I'm not sure how you're going to feel about the movie. But I mean, it is. I think universally considered one of the greatest Canadian movies of all time My was the first used one to, to get... have that on video. It, it, it was the first Canadian movie to get nominated for best director uh, for the Oscars. Um, and I, I rewatched it last year uh, for the first time in probably 20 years. And then I immediately told Jamie, okay, you've never seen this movie. You're going to watch this movie. So um, maybe you'll enjoy that, but that, that's our next full month, isn't it? It will be in April. Yes. Colin, yes. you are correct. So, Oscars and then the sweet hereafter and a couple other movies. Um, yeah, listen to the end of this episode and pay us some money um, if you choose to. And if you don't choose Cause, to, cause well, those Patreon episodes have been flying out the window. We've been recording <laughs> them nonstop. Okay, if you choose not to, we just won't bother to record them. Uh, <laughs> although we're already recording some in the past, that you can just go back and listen to those. That's why we don't have to. We got plenty of great episodes where we talked about She-Hulk. <laughs> we talked about She-Hulk <laughs> that, That's the best quality you're going to get When you pay for us um, My name is Colin And thank you Spider-Man And my name is Ben And I'm not a dick Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network Make sure you never miss an episode By subscribing to the podcast By Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Google Podcasts Or by copying our RSS feed Into your preferred podcast provider And while you're there Please drop us a rating And leave us some feedback You can also be sure to stay up to date With all the latest episodes And happenings from the show As well as finding out How you can get involved In upcoming episodes By following our social media pages On Facebook, Twitter and Instagram As well as getting everything you need Under one roof at the oznetwork.net Thanks again for listening And we'll speak to you next time like exclusive stuff yes, yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)